there. Welcome to this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family. Let our team of extension agents bring the farm to your family. We'll explore all things agriculture and talk about how it gets to your table, fridge, or pantry. Meet farmers, stomp out misinformation, and grab a sneak peek into agri-search and outreach efforts. This is Tracy Sullivan with UT Extension in the Western Region, and we're so excited to launch our podcast today. We will introduce you to ourselves, talk about our purpose, and beg you to listen and learn more about our favorite industry, agriculture. We're going to have a whole host of Extension agents join us over the coming year and maybe years uh, to help you learn more about what we do and connect you uh, to where your food comes from and to your table. With that, I'd love for you to uh, meet our hosts. Hey, this is Philip Shelby, UT Extension Gibson County Agriculture Agent, uh, joining uh, Tracy Sullivan on this episode of Farm to Table. Hey everybody, this is Gary McDaniel uh, with TSU Extension from O'Brien County, uh, joining with the podcast today. So you might wonder why we're doing this. Agriculture doesn't get a lot of limelight, but we are here just to talk a little bit more about it and try to connect people to where their food comes from. Uh, We've all experienced the last quirky year and a half, and I think, you know, I saw a lot of my friends with the supply chain issues and such, like wondering where their food comes from, like why is there a shortage? Yeah, exactly. When stuff starts getting short on the shelf, uh, people start getting a little uh, concerned. The toilet paper uh, run, uh, you know, on the shelves. Everybody was wanting to make sure that they had plenty in hand, you know. So yeah, kind of an example of how the craziness happened. And I finally ran out of my stash like a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Yeah, we just want to visit with you all today, tell you a little bit about who we are and what we're going to cover. Um, We'll just highlight our careers uh, a little bit. I've been in the ag industry about 25 years. I was adding that up and really hated to admit that to myself, but that's about how long I've been at it. Uh, Worked with UT Extension uh, for 15 of those years, so happy to be here. Uh, Philip, you want to share what your career has looked like? Sure. I grew up, uh, my father was, uh, he began as a county agent in Shelby County and then later uh, cotton small grain specialist for the state of Tennessee here in Jackson. Uh, And so I grew up around the researchers and extension specialists, uh, actually worked my summers and stuff out on the experiment station. So I was involved in the research side of things uh, from a kid that on into graduate school, got a master's degree with uh, UT Knoxville in weed science uh, and I have got a I'm finishing a career in December with 33 years with UT Extension. Yay! Uh, I've done both uh, 4-H <laughs> and adult agriculture work in my career and loved all of it. Uh, one of the things I think it's important uh, for me to say is that you know I have uh, a vested interest in in what we're doing here because uh, coming from the university I've been exposed to uh, uh, research-based information and, and, and in the era of time where it seems like misinformation is the uh, thing that can be uh, very frustrating I guess in, in, in the advertising world uh, and what people believe what they understand and 
being able to address those issues and bring some light to uh, maybe some truths to those those things help people be better educated in terms of uh, the things pertaining to agriculture and so with that very good turn it over to Gary. so we got a veteran with us today 33 <laughs> years plus looking at retirement and we've got a newbie uh garrett mcdaniel go ahead and introduce yourself yeah so i'm uh garrett mcdaniel i grew up on a small uh row crop and cattle farm in obion county uh, kind of got me into the agricultural industry from a young age uh, graduated from the university of tennessee at martin in 2015 with an agricultural engineering degree and was absolutely positive that I wanted to work in the ag machinery business for my whole childhood. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, quickly figured out that's really not what I wanted to do. And I <laughs> looked up and started with extension uh, in July of last year in the middle of the pandemic. So uh, it was a different experience. I got just shy of a year and uh, I'm loving it so far. We've all got to come back and start working with each other heavily uh, at the beginning of June. And uh, it's been a great experience so far. Good, good. Yeah, uh, Garrett didn't know what it was like to work with people in an office for a few months, but we're, months yeah, we're, we're back at it now. And uh, that is a good segue to just talk about what Extension is and its mission. Um, we are in the people business and we're in the education business. Absolutely. So um, we want to hope you find this podcast to reach you all and uh, learn more about uh, our favorite industry, as I mentioned, agriculture. Um, let's talk a little bit about Extension and its mission. You mentioned, or Garrett mentioned that he was from TSU and Philip and I have said UT, so we don't want to confuse you. Um, let's talk a little bit about the history of Extension and uh, who we are and sort of what our purpose yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Philip, you want to take that? Well, uh, you know, uh, UT and TSU are, are both uh, uh, land-grant universities and uh, they both have a, an extension mission. And so with that, uh, I guess what I'd like to, to kind of create here is an understanding that uh, extension, you know, as a, as a organization or a part of the University of Tennessee is uh, one of three parts. You've got the educational wing, uh, research, and uh, education. And so, you know, we have the university, uh, naturally people are get, go to obtain higher learning and degrees and uh, de develop the, the foundation for careers. But the extension brings that research-based information to the community. And we serve 4-H uh, youth development, family and consumer science, and uh, adult agriculture. And uh, that kind of rounds out uh, all of the, the members of the family on the family farm and how we brought information to uh, people in the community. Uh, and in the long history, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, efforts was, uh, I think we were talking earlier about the corn club where it was a youth activity a contest a yield contest with with corn corn production and uh, what what that did was bring to a family farm that uh, production techniques to increase yields and so that may have uh, helped be the segue to that family farm uh, 
uh, of uh, uh, how to bring about greater yields uh, to their corn production. And so that is an example. Uh, back in the early days, you know, they would uh, be on horseback or buggy uh, and they would travel into the different communities and, uh, and spend time. They would actually stay with people while in that community and it was uh, very much a uh, developing relationships and kind of bridging people and their needs for, for information uh, to the university system. And uh, it's so vast in terms of uh, what areas of information that, that we can address or help people uh, with. Uh, and I know the, the university, as I mentioned, the youth development, the family and consumer science, uh, and agriculture, uh, when you bring all that together, there's uh, so many things that, that we can uh, help with or address in terms of helping bring to the community inf the information. Yeah. Our tagline for the Institute of Agriculture is Real Life Solutions. And really, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing in communities is trying to bring university uh, research-based information uh, to help families and figure out how to improve their homes, their lives, their farms, and communities. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the thing, if you just look at the uh, agriculture uh, topic or heading uh, subject that within the university, uh, you've got uh, the production side, entomology, uh, pathology, uh, genetics. There's there's so many different uh, people that are, are involved in research in all of those areas, uh, not just currently, but uh, in the long term. Those were departments of higher learning, and uh, we've had, you know, uh, a lot of years that we've grown in knowledge and, and, and uh, have developed, uh, you know, one of the things I hear people say is, you know, they talk about uh, pesticide use. Uh, one of the things that I think is important to communicate is over the course of time as technology has developed, we're using so much less. Uh, and pesticides and, and, and that kind of thing. So a lot of what a things. teaser for our next episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but you know, as extension agents, uh, we're generalists, and so we should know something about most any agriculture topic. Uh, this would be true for the 4-H youth and development and, and family consumer science as well. But uh, when I have a question, I encounter something that. I, I feel like I need to go to someone. We have uh, extension specialists in these different uh, topic areas that uh, in today's world, most of them are uh, both doing extension specialist uh, roles and research roles. And yeah. so they're great sources of information and there's, uh, we're tiered in that uh, research extension specialist and then your local county person and so uh, we have a very powerful uh, structure for which to be able to bring you uh, current and accurate information. 
Yeah, and I guess we hope our listeners become so fascinated with figuring out and finding out all those people are involved in creating the most wholesome, abundant, uh, affordable food supply in the world. And so we just want to open the lid and expose uh, all of these folks that from generalists like Philip said on up to, you know, PhDs, postdocs, everybody works together to uh, make impacts on the farm that impacts you at the grocery store and at your table. So um, we hope that's what we accomplish. Getting back a little bit to the extension mission, he mentioned the cooperative extension service. That looks a little bit different in every state, but there are two land-grant universities that work together. Uh, that The Smith-Lever Act in 1914 created that cooperation that said land-grant universities would work together to reach the people, to educate, and to research. So we're that outreach arm of the university. Uh, We do have offices in all 95 counties in Tennessee. So uh, we have quite a big footprint and quite a big knowledge base, and we're here to help you figure out more about where your food comes from. <clears throat> Anything else y'all want to add? You know, Philip spoke to the, the research side of it, and I came from more of the 4-H side, the educational aspect. I was heavily involved in 4-H as a, as a young man, and it helped me out tremendously. Uh, first experience with extension agents would be with the extension office in Obion County. When I was growing up, they, were, uh, they weren't really in charge, but they were helping with, helping run the Obion County Junior Livestock Show. And uh, for those that don't know, it's a terminal livestock show, it's a very big show. 75 kids uh, are in it this year that weighed in over 100 animals. Uh, big fundraiser for those kids. So uh, basically, they raise an animal, weigh it in at the uh, Obion County Fair. They show it, you know, uh, just like a market show. And at the end of the end of the show, they go through the sale ring, and the businesses and individuals in the county will buy that animal. Uh, kicker is they don't really buy that animal they're really just rewarding those kids for hard work um, yeah that's awesome so I started with that and I did that for nine years uh, every year I could help me pay for a year of college and uh, so I saw extension through that uh, through that aspect and you know that helped me educate you know as you grow up on a row crop and a cattle farm you're into agriculture anyway but I was showing market hogs so I was getting you know a lot of good good experience uh, in the animal production side so, you know, there's there's so many different facets to extension that that uh, that people maybe don't associate with it sometimes. Yeah. And he's mentioned a few things. You know, animal agriculture seems to always have the big target on its back. And uh, we hope that through some of these episodes, we're going to try to tackle some of this folk, uh, some of this stuff. Yes, so we just want to introduce why Tennessee Farm and Table. Um, I know we mentioned the pandemic earlier, but um, we just want to connect people to where their food comes from. Um, In a world of instant information, there's a ton of misinformation. I know having the knowledge I do, I try to help friends uh, navigate some of the misinformation they hear. Uh, I'm sure you all do too. So we do want to use our expertise, our training, both formal and informal, our experience um, to break down those myths that float around our industry. And boy, there's a ton of them. Uh, So in some of our episodes, we're going to meet some farmers. We're going to learn about how they care for their animals and crops and the environment. 
You might not realize or think about farmers as being environmentalists, but they definitely are. They want to care for the Absolutely. land that provides for their families. So uh, they employ all sorts of practices. We'll introduce you to some of those likely in upcoming episodes. Uh, we're also going to do some myth busting. Philip, and I think he even mentioned another coworker, Ron Blair, uses the term stomp out ignorance. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we're here for that, folks. We're going to stomp out the ignorance. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, we're here to help you figure that out and bring research-based information and sound science to you so you don't have to live in fear of how your food's produced and not believe every myth that you see floating around the internet. We also want to highlight uh, some of the things that we do, our programs, whether it be outreach efforts, uh, research information, crop trials, we do all sorts of things and so we want to introduce you uh, to those sorts of things. And then ultimately, our ultimate goal is to connect the dots from the farm uh, to the table, to your pantry, to your fridge. Uh, I mentioned, you know, my commute, I see lots of corn fields and wheat fields and soybean fields, but in the grocery store, you never see those things. So they've been extracted, rolled, pressed, crimped, uh, all sorts of things to get the food products that we do see on our shelves. So we're going to connect those dots, folks, and tell you how that's done. You don't have to live in fear of that. <clears throat> Um, shifting gears just a little bit, we want to ask Philip and Garrett, our co-hosts, uh, what, what they enjoy, enjoy most about the work that they do. Well, for me, it's working with the people. Uh, most of the time when I get a call, someone has an issue. Uh, it may be insects, uh, weeds, disease in the garden, lawn. Uh, it could be a row crop situation. Uh, uh, those same things possibly but when somebody has an issue it's always rewarding to be able to uh, identify what the issue is and uh, recommend solutions and help them overcome uh, whatever problems that they're encountering so the being able to bring the university information to a client is, uh, is, is made for a rewarding career for me yeah, we're in the people business and just watching them empower them almost uh, to figure out, hey, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to spray or, you know, how to tend to what oh, I'm yeah. trying to grow. or. And the uh, research-based information, you know, we're directing uh, people's inquiries to uh, the research-based information so that they're using the product that's going to give them the best results or, uh, you know, not not all products that are out there that are designed for say insect control is going to work best for particular insects so you would need to know what products yeah uh, to direct them to so that's that's who we are and what we do yep we have a team of folks that you know philip mentioned he county agents are generally generalists so they know a little bit about a lot of things we also have a team of specialists that are here in jackson or they're in the central region in middle tennessee and a whole host of them in knoxville uh, that are also doing research and provide us resources to be able to uh, deliver information to our, our clients in the county exactly. so <clears throat> Garrett, what about you? What do you enjoy most? Uh, for me, it would be working with the youth on the livestock show side of things. Uh, you know, I grew up showing a market lamb in the county show, and that's not, you know, I love that aspect, and I also love the regional expos, the state expos. 
all that good stuff. You get to see those kids. They they've been working with those animals for months. They bring them to, to you know the Western Region Expo, or they take them to State Expo or Agribition or whatever, and and they they show off their hard work. You know that's their game time. Yeah. So um, and when they win, they're excited. You know I remember that feeling. And sometimes you don't win, and you learn a little bit more, a different side of life. And you remember that feeling too, don't you? All too well. Uh, <laughs> you know, that one's a little bit more prevalent than the other Yeah, one. right. But, you know, um, you know, not only that, but also um, I've gotten the opportunity just within this year to coach two, judge, or coach two judging teams, a livestock judging team and a wildlife judging team. And we had some success. And to see those kids succeed, you know, you know, and see the look on their face when they won their division or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's a you know that's a different feeling. That's yeah. kind of full circle coming from somebody who sh- who was a livestock judger, you yeah. know, in 4-H, and now you're coaching them. Uh, yeah. so it's kind of full circle thing. But that's that's the most enjoyable part for me. And I'll tell you, the knowledge gained lasts a lifetime. Absolutely. The kids that uh, go through these programs and and. Uh, learn what it is to uh, learn how to look for those things that are uh, important uh, you know you never forget right and it, so that, that that's always a fun thing when you encounter the kids that you work with when you've got 33 years in you see their those people uh, and their kids grow up in in so multi-generational uh, benefits and and enthusiasm and support you know it's 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 a, a fun experience and yeah. I think working with the youth is is a very powerful uh, thing impacting people's lives and the great yeah. thing about it is that stuff that I learned from livestock judging now helps me with my granddad and our cattle farm select animals and cull and things like that um, and that for every kid that does that you know if they're if they go into production agriculture they use that stuff that they've learned and then that trickles into the whole agriculture industry. It really starts young and goes. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, like the kids see it as a healthy dose of competition. Like oh, yeah. they want to prepare their animal the best. They want to learn the most they can to go to the contest. Oh, yeah. What they don't realize they're learning are these life skills of time management, responsibility, um, you know, how it feels, how do you handle your emotions when you don't win. Um, So it's those things that you carry with you a lifetime, yeah. We're very fortunate to work, I think, for an organization that gets to have that kind of impact on people. Well, we've talked a little bit about some misconceptions and mentioned some of those. Philip, what do you think is the biggest misconception people have about agriculture? You know, product labeling, I guess, is one of the big concerns that I have. Uh, You know, the terminology that's used on packaging, uh, if you've got a a non-meat product that's labeled, uh, if it uses the word meat, you know that mm-hmm. or uh, if you see packaging that says gluten-free it may be a product that never had gluten so I mean <laughs> right. if you got it never will have gluten. it never will have and so the, the mm. they got a product sitting on the shelf next to it that doesn't have that labeling the same exact thing it's not suggesting that theirs doesn't have gluten and their competitors do so the labeling part of things uh, I think creates misconception uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, 
Yeah, I would agree that, you know, some of these things, it's almost like you mentioned fear-mongering almost, but uh, I see a big misconception, and people just assume that it's freak show science that are getting our, you know, animals to market and our crops to the harvest, and it's really not. It's just sound science. Uh, It's advancing production. It's, you know, making improvements. Look at the improvements we've made in technology. Why can't we make improvements in agriculture and not get a black eye about it? I mean, that's where we are. And uh, mentioning technology, farmers, there were GPSs in tractors long before there were in cars. Um, So they are quick adopters to technology. So they're constantly on the edge of learning all they can. And this is what this episode or this podcast is going to be is, you know, showing you that, telling you how farmers and our foods produced and all the techniques they use to implement that. Garrett? Um, I'm, it's not necessarily maybe a misconception, but maybe my uh, maybe a goal, what I, what I want to do is is help people become more informed, which is what this podcast is about. But, you know, during my time at UTM, I gave a speech in one of my, my gen ed classes, and um, it was about GMOs. And the first thing that I did was I threw up a, a clip from a talk show, and the guy was walking down the street and he was asking people, are you against GMOs? And they were all emphatically, yes, I am against GMOs. I don't buy GMOs, things like that. And then he would ask them what GMOs stood for. And they didn't know what it was. <laughs> and then, you know, all, everybody was kind of staring at me like, man, I, I don't know what that means either. So right. then I gave him a five-minute speech about what it was. And I'll never forget that experience. So the great thing about being an extension agent is I could do that every day now. You get to inform them, whether it be the youth or the adults like Philip spoke to. You know, you go to yard calls, you go to farm calls, you go to all this other stuff. You help inform them about things. Right. And I didn't ask him for that segue, but that's going to be our next episode is when did GMO become a dirty word? Uh, We're going to talk about that. Uh, Probably one of the dirtiest words, if you will, in our uh, misinformation realm. So we'll we'll hope to get get to that. Well, Tracy, I think I'm going to go back to the misconception thing, too. Terms uh, and the fear-mongering part or the advertisement part of things – there are things that you're going to encounter in a grocery store that says uh, natural or uh, organic, and people will respond to those without understanding what they mean. Uh, I'm all for choice. Uh, if if a person is fully informed and they make that choice, that's one thing. But uh, to use the advertising side of things uh, that would suggest one is better than the other or one is safer than the other uh, or one is more nutritious than the other uh, without having anything to back back up those uh, claims. Uh, it's more a marketing uh, effort on those you know, pushing their products. Preach. (laughs) So, uh, you know, as long as you understand what those, what the terminology is and that you're making an active choice based on uh, being fully informed, you know, then that's anybody's uh, choice and prerogative and I I support that. Absolutely. I think it stems from the smaller percentage of people in agriculture now than it was 50 years ago because everybody was on a farm. You know, everybody grew up on a farm and said you did it and over 
you know, through technological advances and just the advancement of the country, a smaller and smaller percentage of people are involved in production agriculture. Right. So yeah. the marketing is taking advantage of the fact that, you know, Joe in the grocery store may not have grown up on a farm and he's, he's organic. He may not, he may buy that because it says organic, but he may not know everything he needs to know about. Right. That. So, yeah. Yeah, and I like Philip. We're all about choice. We live in a country, fortunately, that we can afford different choices. We usually have the income to make those choices and selections, and uh, we're just going to dive into all these things, folks, in the in the coming weeks. So we hope you stay tuned. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed today, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>